Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Small Business Owner Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Vizanar. In this podcast, you'll learn the strategies, processes, and mindset to take you, your teams, and your organization to the next level. Welcome to the show. I hope you're having a fabulous day. I'm your host, Ben Wiesenau, and today we're talking all about what not to do when giving feedback. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Sarah Torres Farrick, who's a human resource officer and expert who supports small businesses as they grow. Now, for over a decade, Sarah's been working with executives and government agencies on growing and sustaining high-performing workforces. Now she uses those skills to bring effective human resources or effective human resource solutions to small businesses. Now, let's listen in on the interview. Sarah, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you today. Oh, thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. So for those of our uh, listeners that don't know who you are and what it is that you do, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right. So um, I'm a Marine Corps brat um, that landed me in Virginia, and I have a degree in philosophy and couldn't really so I kind of fell into HR for the government and I spent about 10 years um, providing HR support to government executives and um, for about nine years we've had a family business my husband and I doing baseball instruction for kids and I kind of loved that small business Um, feeling and how it can help families and just kind of naturally organically evolved my HR knowledge into helping small businesses kind of excel and and navigate the frustration and complexities that is, you know, HR in America. So now I help, you know, small businesses around the country grow their businesses by growing their teams and just tackle all the hard things that come with having a bunch of people helping you realize your dream. Awesome. Awesome. I know you do a lot of writing uh, and some talks on a variety of, you know, HR and and small business topics. There was one that stood out to me that I kind of wanted to talk to you about today. And that's what we brought you on the show for was what not to do when giving feedback. And uh, as most people that know me, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach kind of guy and I'm a, I'm a small business, um, and talent development type person. And so a lot of the things I talk about is coaching and feedback. So that really stood out to me. So tell us a little bit about what not to do when giving feedback. Right. So there's a lot of what not to do. And what's hard about it is a lot of the things that come natural to humans are what not to do. So I think the easiest thing to remember when you're giving constructive feedback is to not talk so much. You want to consider yourself the facilitator of that conversation. You're creating the parameters and making sure you're going towards a goal, but you should be talking the least amount in in this session. And that's really counterintuitive because you would instinctively think, well, I need to give all this information to the employee because they're doing something wrong. But you you have to think of it from the employee's perspective and you have to also play the long game. 
right? So the short game might be, I need to tell you how I need these reports done because we need this report done. But is that creating the best environment for the employee? And then how's that employee going to be six months from now or a year from now? So I want you to start by framing what you want to talk about. I want to talk about X reports, XYZ errors, or I want to talk about something being late. And then you want to listen. So you want to avoid the kind of principal syndrome or the, the mom and dad syndrome when you're kind of shaking your finger at the employee. This is what you did wrong. And, and this is what you need, you need to do. Instead, what you want to do is ask questions. So once you set up framing the discussion, you want to ask questions to fully understand what's happening and what often happens. Um, so mo most of my HR career, I've been doing what we call employee relations. So I deal with conflict and workplace disputes every day. So I've seen a lot of employee issues. And a lot of times when we can go the more traditional route of that, I'm going to tell you what you did wrong and I'm going to tell you how to fix it. We normally have two outcomes and it's either the employee leaves or we make the employee leave. It's really rare to kind of see that rehabilitation in the employee. It's when we have a leader that can kind of be more of that servant leader mindset where they're envisioning themselves as helping the employee that we can see advancement. So what you want to do in the feedback discussion when you're not talking, you're not talking because you're asking questions. And first off, you're trying to understand what happened. Ask follow-up questions. And you want to make sure that when you're asking these questions, you're not asking leading questions. So it's not something like, um, you you didn't attend, so maybe you have an employee who went to a conference and their coworker says that they actually didn't go to the conference, they went gambling instead. So you wouldn't want to ask a question like, well, didn't you go to the casino on Monday? You want to ask questions like, how was the conference? What happened? What did you learn to kind of get get the information out? And then if you have maybe more on the performance side, you might look at maybe you have a working group and you see that one person isn't pulling their weight. You might have talked to the team lead of that working group or or thought yourself, oh, you know, they're they're not paying attention. They don't, they're not attending the meetings as often as they should. So you might say, why haven't you attended the meetings like you're supposed to? Well, that that's kind of leading because if we went the other way and we said, well, how's, how's the team going? How, how are the team dynamics? How do you feel like your contribution is? You might learn something like they were right. Or that the meetings, the, the time that the meetings are scheduled or changed is after their working hours. So they're kind of behind the curve. So there's a way when you're not talking so much that you can really figure out what the real problem is. Because most of the time when we're early off and we see the, the symptom, either from our viewing it ourselves or having other people kind of telling us that there's an issue, it's not the full story. The second thing that you shouldn't do is use generalities. So things like, 
you lack attention to detail. You're probably thinking that, right? When you got the 10th report where they can't, you know, spell your name right, or they keep on using last quarter's data, you might say, well, you lack attention to detail. But saying that in a feedback session is going to offend the employee and it they might sit there and nod their head and say, I'm sorry, ma'am, I'm sorry, ma'am, I'll do a better better job. But mo most likely they're they feel bad, but they're not in the mindset to correct the issue and move forward. So instead of talking about generalities, we want to talk about specifics. So we want to talk about the different reports where you're using the wrong data. And then we want to talk about why that happened and how we can fix it. So it always goes back to don't talk so much. So you're bringing up the issue. You're not being general about it. You're being specific. And then you're asking open-ended questions to figure out what the problem is. And then the last thing that I don't want you to do is come up with the idea, their solution. They're the leaders. You probably have a great idea. It might be the best idea, but I don't want you to throw it on the table first. In that feedback discussion, I want you to say something like, well, how can we do this better? How can we prevent this from happening next month? And I want you to let the employee have an idea. And if it's the first time that you're doing this, or if you have a junior employee, they might be hesitant. They might want you to give the idea. So you might have to have encouraging words, such as maybe if it's a junior employee, you could, and you see their hesitation, you could say something like, well, you know, you did such a great job on XYZ last month. So I'm very interested to see from your perspective, your unique perspective, your, your, your unique skill, how you think we can improve this. So you're kind of bolstering their confidence. And then after that discussion, I'm sorry. No, no, I was going to say that's a that's a lot of uh, a lot of great uh, great topics, but I don't want to interrupt you. We'll we'll unpack this here in a minute, but please continue on. Okay, so after you get the employee to come up with suggestions, we're we're still going to go back to the don't talk so much. Our first don't, and you want to kind of flesh it out. The first idea you might not love. You might have to flesh it out. You might have to ask more questions about how that will work. You always have to feedback that um, the impact matters. So, for example, when you're framing a discussion about maybe they're using the wrong last quarter's data um, in this presentation, you know, for your board of directors, you would have talked about, well, what? What do you think happens if I bring the wrong data to the board of directors? If your employee is motivated by their career, you might say, well, I know that you want to be the head of marketing. So what, how do you think this impacts your career goals? Something like that is going to show them the impact and also get their buy-in. So then to, you're going to mirror that when you're talking about suggestions. And you're going to bring it all back to what that impact is. So the solution that the employee has, you might have to flush out because maybe it's not having the right impact. It's not really solving the problem. And you can kind of talk about that for a while with the 
in the best case scenario, what's going to happen at the end of the discussion is the employee's going to walk away thinking, my boss and I came up with this great solution. They're not going to walk out of that office, go to the water cooler and say, I just got yelled at. They're not going to have the, you know, going home to mom scared because you went to the principal that, that day, right? They're, they're not going to have that feeling in them. They're going to have the feeling at like we have when we go to a board of directors meeting, you know, as a CEO or a COO, and you're coming up with a great idea. And that that might seem counterintuitive because you're thinking, well, no, the employee did something wrong. I'm having a constructive feedback. This shouldn't be a reward. It shouldn't feel like a reward to the employee. And so what I want you to do is to remember what the goal is. So the goal of the constructive feedback discussions are not for the employee to feel like they did something wrong. They're not supposed to be punitive. They're supposed to just improve the performance of your company. And so the best way to do that um, is to ask those open-ended questions. Don't, don't talk so much. Don't use generalities, be specific, and then ask for suggestions. And ideally, you'll be able to both agree on how to move forward. Awesome. I, I agree with everything you just said uh, and, and all three of your main points. And I'll say, you know, when I talk about, to me, and I want to unpack a lot of this, you, you've covered a lot of ground really quickly. And, and there, it, when I talk about feedback and coaching to people, I think a lot of leaders, and you kind of touched on it, they, they come to the meeting with an agenda, right? They already know what they want the solution to be. And I, I hate to say it, they use the term way too much of, you know, self-discovery. I'm going to lead them down a path to self-discovery. And actually what you've led them down is a path to your discovery, right? Whatever you already wanted them to do. And you don't get that buy-in when that's the case. And especially if they, if they find you out and they realize that you are, uh, you know, sort of, manipulating them to come to a conclusion decision they hold a lot of resentment and not only do they not I mean they'll tell you to your face that they agree with you and they make it sound like it's you know y'all's idea you know as a group but as you know they know deep down it's really not a group idea and it's the the leader's idea and they they come to resent that and, they, and I found that even some employees will go out of their way to sabotage that agenda simply because it really wasn't their idea and so I think that's a no, huge one I'm sorry. What was that? You broke up a little bit. Oh, sorry. I just said exactly. Yeah. So the, you know, the buy-in is a huge part of a, of a feedback or a coaching conversation. And, and the very first thing that you said is the very most important thing of any feedback conversation. And that is to listen more than you talk. Um, you know, 360 feedbacks, or if it's an annual review or just a, just a, a coaching in the minute, you know, in the moment conversation, you know, try to improve some sort of performance metric. A lot of leaders, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. We're human, right? We all do it. We tend to say more than, than, than we need to, to sort of get to a, a certain point to improve that performance. And at the end of the, end of the day, you know, that's what it's all about. You want to improve performance with somebody, but it's just a bad habit. We have it. We want to talk, 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 talk. And we need to listen more because at the end of the day, the person that's closer to that problem probably has a better solution than someone who's two or three tiers up, but we just don't think of it that way. We think I'm the boss, I'm the leader. I've done this job before, right? I know what needs to be done. And 
that's not always the case, right? No, exactly. And I think that touches on another point of if we come into it with our own agenda and we're kind of steering the discussion and we're not being that listener, we might be solving the wrong problem. So I, I had a customer, um, she was a group of um, project managers for a company and she came to me because she had a project manager who was supposed to be running these working groups on some very high, high level, high importance items. And she said she, she wasn't cutting it. She was performing subpar. She wasn't doing some basic project management aspects. And then in the, in the supervisor's perspective, she was having constructive feedback conversations. She was setting expectations and she was doing the feedback. She was doing what she wanted. But after talking to her, it sounded to me like we, we were missing what the, what the real problem was, what we needed the solution for. So we were solving the wrong problems. So I, t I talked to her about what we're talking about today. And then it turned out that what was really happening was that the employee didn't have a lot of confidence in herself for a lot of these work products. So she was kind of waiting around to find the, her manager and she couldn't find her manager. So then she kind of cut, cut those things out of the project and so, until she could find her manager. Well, so what the real problem was, was one, her confidence level. How, how can we help her with that? And then two, from the manager's perspective, she wasn't giving the employee what the employee needed. And so now, now we were able to come up with a solution that, that could really fix the issue. Because before, the supervisor thought the issue was her confidence. So she sent her to more training. She wrote more and more emails restating the job assignments. And it wasn't working because that, her understanding what she had to do wasn't the problem her feeling confident that she could kind of publish or showcase her final work product was the problem. And what the manager ended up doing was scheduling bi-weekly, you know, 30-minute sessions to just check in with the employee to answer her questions and work on that, you know, self-esteem, self-confidence. And then there, there, there wasn't an issue. Like when the manager came into my office, she thought she was going to have to fire this employee. And then three months later, she's a stellar employee, and they're they're meeting their benchmarks. Awesome example, and I think that uh, something else you touched on earlier, and you didn't say it quite this way, but you know, a lot of coaches or leaders, they 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 ask questions, and they already know their response, right? So they don't they're not really asking questions to listen; they're asking questions so that they can one up them or have their response that they've already prepared before they even start having the coaching session. And I think that's another mistake, a huge mistake that a lot of leaders make. And, I, and you talked a little bit about having those preconceived notions when you come into that conversation, you want to make sure that when you start having that coaching conversation, all you want to do is fix whatever the problem is. That should be the only agenda you have. It's like, I've identified problem X. Let's go talk about problem X. And, and as you just mentioned, sometimes Sometimes the problem is not what you think it is. You're solving the totally wrong problem. And it could be something else. Oh, definitely. And sometimes I do have to talk to the supervisors and the leaders I work with about their own feelings. Because a lot, if you're doing feedback right, a lot of times the problem is going to come back on you. 
it's going to come back on you either because it's deflection or it's going to come back on you because it, it's warranted. And so what the what we need to do is prepare ourselves for that. We need to know going in that the employee could say things, they could bring up things that are upsetting. And I might have a natural reaction to be defensive or to be frustrated at their that they're deflecting this on their coworker. So when they're preparing for the the session, I think like you said, it's less about preparing what's what am I going to ask and what's their answer and it's some kind of script of a game that I'm supposed to win. More so their preparation should be about am I in the proper mindset to be that listener and to hear whatever has to be said, no matter how it makes me feel emotionally. And then am I preparing myself to have the tools to be able to kind of overcome that natural reaction? So it's natural for you to feel defensive if someone's blaming you for something. That That's not the problem. What the problem is, is if you, you let that manifest itself in kind of attacking the employee or kind of ending the meeting in, 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 in a negative kind of way. Hey gang. This episode is brought to you by Mophie. As most of you know, I've worked in the wireless industry for nearly two decades, and I've seen a lot of cheap, crummy accessories, and I've seen a lot of great ones. Mophie is definitely one of the great ones. Mophie is the number one selling battery case manufacturer in North America, and you don't get to be number one by making junk. Mophie products are well-made and outperform all others. If you're like me and a lot of other people, you probably rely on your phone to keep you connected throughout the day. And power is always an issue. Well, not with Mophie. Mophie has the products and accessories to keep you connected. Check them out. I left a link in the show notes, and if you use the link, I might get to make a couple of dollars, so I greatly appreciate it. It's what keeps the show going, and again, I really do appreciate you using the affiliate link. If you're having problems getting the show notes on whatever app you're using to listen to the show on, you can also find the show notes and all the episodes at visanotconsulting.com forward slash category forward slash podcast. That's visanotconsulting.com forward slash category forward slash podcast. And make sure to join our Facebook group by joining You'll get outtakes and special content to help you and your business grow. And unlike other Facebook groups, it's totally free. You can click the link in the show notes or simply search for us on Facebook as the Next Level Leadership and Small Business Owner Group. Now back to the show. Sure, sure. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of, uh, with you working, you know, in, in your particular field and what you've done with, you know, uh, resolving conflict between employees. Uh, sometimes feedback conversations can go south really, really fast, right? Oh, of course they can. They, yeah. they sure can. I, and I, I have this a lot with managers where they come in and they're like, this sounds so good. And then they kind of bring up, well, what, what if it goes sour? Or what if they're, they don't answer my questions? What if they don't come up with, with suggestions? And sometimes, sometimes that happens and it, it goes sour in a, in a mild way where they just don't want to participate and then you have to kind of revert to, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what you need to stop doing. I need to tell you what you need to start doing. And sometimes it can go south in a kind of aggressive way where there could be yelling or, you know, throwing a office supplies at, at others. And then in, in those situations, you just need to kind of end, end the session and try again um, in, a, in a different way. So I have an example that's actually me as the supervisor. I had um, an employee who, what I found out later was she was upset because she applied to the job that, that I got and she was really upset about it. And she was a lot older than me. 
And that, that didn't make her feel, feel very good. I think she thought, you know, longevity meant that she should have gotten the promotion. And I, I came from outside the organization being younger than her. And so we, we would have these sessions because she, she wasn't working. And I would, I would ask the questions to try to, to try to be the listener and she wouldn't play along. And I would keep on asking questions and she would say things like, well, just tell me what you want me to do. And it was getting frustrated. Even me who spends all day talking to leaders about how to have these discussions was having a hard time because she wasn't, she wasn't participating. She wasn't feeling like I was genuinely caring about her, her career and how, how she was feeling. And then there was one time that she wanted to work remotely. And, and I had scheduled a meeting to talk to her about her request. And it was really about, I went into the meeting. My, my boss wanted me to just tell her, no, she can't, she can't work remotely. But I wanted to have a dialogue with her, understand why she wanted to work remotely <clears throat> and talk to her about how it would work. If we already established that we were having these performance issues with her, how could we work through those while she was working remotely? And it took multiple meetings. It would have been faster if I took the approach of, I'm going to tell you what you need to do, and I'm going to deny your request for other things like remote work. That would have been quicker. That would have been a lot easier. But what probably would have happened is I would have had to fire her, and she she wouldn't have got the job done until the day that I fired her. It, it took a lot of effort. It was emotionally draining. And eventually, she started to trust me that when I was asking her these questions. So what we found is that although it was a lot of effort, it took a lot of meetings with her eventually because I stuck to caring about her and wanting to be that listener and wanting to hear her, her suggestions and her thoughts about how we can improve, eventually she trusted me and she believed me when I was asking her those questions and then we truly could have a dialogue. And so what that tells you is even somebody who does this all day, who geeks out on the latest books, the latest studies about this, still has to work at it and it might not take one session. And that's okay. You touched on something uh, a little bit earlier, and, and you, you kind of, I, I actually wrote it down to ask you the question, and you kind of touched on it after I'd already written it down, but I want to go back to it anyway. So what happens when you have, uh, you know, you're in a coaching conversation, and you have someone that you're asking questions to, you know, and you, you're just wanting them to respond, you're, just, you're trying to do your listening part. How do you pull someone, you know, who's just shut down, they're, they're giving you very short, you know, direct answers how do you, how do you get them to start having a conversation so the the first kind of technique is kind of a, a tricky technique and it's to have a more casual feedback discussion because you're putting the employee in a different mindset so if if you have an employee who you think might be like this and this could be like a high performer who's never been told they did anything wrong before or somebody that you've had repeated issues. Those kind of people might, might not be receptive to this at first. But you probably don't want to schedule a meeting with them or have your assistant schedule a meeting 
for next week in the office or in the conference room. And it's this very formal thing because all the time that it took for them thinking about this meeting and the kind of formal nature of it might put them in the wrong state of mind. So you might have more luck if, you know, they're, they're in your office and you're chit chatting and then you just slide, slide into that conversation. So it might, so say if your employees, you know, you say hi to them, you're like, hi, how you're doing? You know, how was last night? You know, how was the commute in? And you can say, well, how, how are you doing on project XYZ? And then you can kind of start that in there. So they didn't have the time to work themselves up mentally. That, that might put them in, in a better state. That's one technique. And the second piece of advice is that you need to think about this potential problem earlier. So when you first have an employees, before there's any need for constructed feedback, you should be thinking about what motivates them. You should be learning what drives them. Is it that they really are passionate about the specific mission that you're in? Is it that they care about career growth? Is it that they love the flexibility of the office? What moves them? What specifically moves them? So for example, um, I had, you might have a company. So for example, there's a, you know, a company that's a nonprofit that helps, helps veterans get jobs after they get out of the military. So a lot of those workers probably are motivated about the cause to help service members. And so then you, you can remember that. Oh, that, that motivates them. Other folks might be motivated about their career progression. So you need to remember that. You need to know that Sally wants to be the CEO of the company one day. You want to know that Johnny wants to run a marketing department. So that when you're in these sessions and you you're giving them constructive feedback and they're not kind of participating, you need to bring it back to whatever's going to motivate them. If it's they're motivated by the goals and the missions and the values of your company, you can bring, bring it back. So if we're at the company that helps the veterans, you might, you might start talking about, well, hey, you know, we had the issue with XYZ meeting. It didn't go as planned. So now our next shot of getting funding, because maybe you're a nonprofit, is next month. How, how do you think we can resolve this? If we don't nail this meeting, then we're not going to have funding and X amount of people aren't going to be able to get our resources. So showing the impact as it's connected to what drives them could, could be helpful. And then the, the third way you can help them participate is to, to bolster them up because they might not be kind of participating because they're nervous and they're scared. So you want to do that a couple ways. The first way is you, you need to create a, an, an environment of feedback meaning that they can give you feedback too. So if you're, at a, if you're at staff meetings and you see people not participating, you want to call on them, but you, you want to call on them in a very specific way. You want to say something like, Sarah, 
I really be interested in your perspective on this as opposed to saying something like, Sarah, I haven't heard from you today. What do you think? And so if you kind of do this regularly, you get into the environment where everybody gets to participate as equals. And you also want to focus on, does that feedback come towards me? Am I getting feedback regularly from my employees independently or at town halls that they feel like they can tell me how they feel? And if you're not getting that, then you need to be proactive about that. You need to make sure that when you are in group settings talking about projects, launches, um, customer issues, that you're asking for feedback from the group before you're coming up with your ideas. And if you do something wrong, or better yet, when you do something wrong, because that's going to happen because we're human, when you do something wrong, call it out. Say to your people, I did this wrong. And this is what we're doing about it. And that's going to create an environment where that employee feels like when they're in that feedback session that they can kind of answer the question uh, truthfully. And sure. the, the other thing that you can do in this environment is, I touched on it a little bit, but it is kind of bolstering them up to get them in that mindset. So that might be instead of saying, well, we have this problem. How are you going to fix it? You mess this up. I don't want you to mess it up next month. What are you going to do? You want to say, you know, you're a great writer. So I would like to know what you think we should do with our next copywriting project. So it's not so much that in this feedback session, we're talking about Sarah and Sarah's problems, but I am. I, the manager, and Sarah, the employee, are talking about project XYZ or the business problem, whatever. And so it, we kind of are removing the problem that needs to be solved from them as an individual, as a human. And it's, it's just a business problem. And we're, we're just business people trying to fix the business problem. Does that answer your question? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and to touch on something you kind of talked about, there's a couple things, actually, but the, um, you know, you want to talk, you want to have a conversation with that employee and not attack them, as you just said, but, but maybe approach it as here is an issue and how can we plug you in as the solution? And I think when you approach conversations that way, they're way more productive than the, like you said, this is, this is the issue. You screwed it up. Now tell me what you're going to do to fix it. Like they, everyone automatically puts walls up and goes on the defensive. So I think that's a, a very, uh, that's a huge golden nugget right there. Uh, when we talk about having conversations to solve a problem that maybe just occurred. There's one thing I want to rewind on real quick that you touched on and you don't hear about it very often because it's kind of a sore subject when we talk about uh, motivation and employees, right? A, a lot of uh, HR professionals, uh, now they'll tell you, or just people in general, like consultants or whatever will tell you that, you know, you gotta, you gotta motivate your people, but then they turn right around and tell you, but don't get to know your people. Don't get too attached and, you know, uh, all that fun stuff. And it's not as prominent in small businesses because obviously usually they're in a small building or a small office. There's three or four people. They get to know each other pretty quickly. But I find it in larger corporations, it's, it's especially when it's a uh, supervisor to subordinate, they just don't really want to get to know anyone. When I coach clients, I tell them, how, how are you going to, to know what drives that person if you don't know anything about them, right? So it's very important 
to get to know your people. So you use a, as a, I guess the question I've, I've just went in a big old circle, but the question to you is as an HR professional, how do you feel about that? When we talk about getting to know your employees, because to me, you got to get to know them to know what motivates them. Do you think that's still a taboo? Like, you know, in the, in the last 10 years or so, I find that a lot of people that tell you not to socialize with your employees outside of work, not, not to get to know them. Do you think that's still an issue? What are your thoughts? It's definitely from a traditional HR perspective, taboo. I, I don't agree. I, I agree with you and we can do it. There are kind of checks that you have to put in place because there are legal issues that we don't want to cross. There are ethical boundaries that we don't want to cross, but my best employees have done great things because they wanted to do those for me or with me as, as Sarah, the human being, not as the manager, you know, of the day. And so we see that. And even, you know, if we go, it's the people we're people, we care about belonging to other people and it's going to be harder for an employee to tell somebody that they know and they respect or to lie to them or to misrepresent misrepresent something to them because they're they're a human being in that person's eyes if it's if you're just this figure down the hall in your comfy armchair and your fancy office and you're not really a person to me then myself as a human being it's going to be easier for me to be the more defiant employee so i i think it's important i think that you can also, with getting to know people, you can create the bonds. And so I do think we are seeing some more literature coming out, mainly from the academic world that I hope can be greatly kind of incorporated in the HR community and the business community in general that talks about how people build bonds. Because we even talk about teamwork. You know, you have to have great teams, high-performing teams, but you can't have teams without people being connected. And it's through kind of establishing that. And I found with my example, when I had the employee and it was so hard to get to constructive feedback to finally work, it worked when she trusted me as a human being. And, and that happened in the feedback discussion rooms. And that happened walking down the hallway you know, talking about, oh, yes, I have kids, you have kids, and we can relate. We, we built that trust. And so when I was in the feedback discussion, finally, and asking questions, she believed me and we were able to move. So I, I think it's imperative from the motivate, knowing what motivates them, knowing what's driving them, and also just creating an environment that they can, they can feel comfortable with and excel in. Excellent. I, that, that, you know, we've covered a lot of ground and we're, we're kind of running out of time. So before we go real quickly, give us your, the, I think you had three major points to listen and be specific and all that. Tell us just real quick, recap sort of, you know, the major mistakes people make when they're giving feedback to employees. So the major mistakes would be talking too much. So you need to make sure you're listening. The second mistake is using generalities. Think you lack attention to detail. What you want to do is be specific. X report had Y error. And, excuse me, the third is you want to ask for suggestions. 
So what you want to not do is offer your opinion or direct the solution. And you get more buy-in that way for sure. That's right. Is there anything else you think we should know about feedback before we go? Any other points that we didn't cover? Uh, we covered a lot and I, I think we're going to have to have you back on the show because there's so much that we, we just kind of touched on. There's a, lot, a ton of golden nuggets in this episode. Uh, but is there any, any big call outs that you would like to talk about before we go? It, that is hard. Give yourself grace. You're not going to get it right. Yes, it's supposed to feel uncomfortable. That's okay. Prepare, practice. If you mess up, acknowledge that you messed up and try it again. Awesome advice. Awesome advice. Sarah, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or connect with you? Um, so the best would be online at hrcircleonline.com or also at sarah at hrcircleonline.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out to Sarah, please just check the show notes out. You can find her there. And again, Sarah, thank you for being here today. Oh, right, thanks so much. Awesome. And to our listeners, I hope that you learned at least one thing that will help take you to the next level. Hey, thanks for listening today. For more episodes, make sure to click the subscribe button below and check out our blog for other impactful information that might be of interest to you at vizanaconsulting.com forward slash blog. That's Vizana, V as in victory, E-Z, I-N-A, consulting.com slash blog. If you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. That's podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. I'm your host, Ben Vizanaw, and I'll see you next time on the Next Level Leadership and Small Business Owner Show.